Hey everyone, welcome to the Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than making a giant B20 out of snow. I'm Mitch, and joining me today is Matt. Hello. Tabitha. Hi. Lydia. Hi. And Pippi. Yes, hello. Yes. If you like uh, constant unprofessionalism, then be sure to subscribe to us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, including Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Really like what you hear? Then throw us some scratch on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. So, uh, first of all, thanks to Patrick, Rebecca, and everyone who helps with putting on LodgeCon. Uh, this weekend is one of our favorites of the year, and you guys always put on Amazing Con. Uh, this has been a really fun weekend. How have you guys uh, felt? Oh, lots of fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha's asleep. How has your weekend been? Good. I kind of forgot what you <laughs> so let's let's talk about other things. Um, Matt, you had something kind of uh, interesting that's breaking-ish about the uh, Birds of Prey movie. Oh yeah, uh, Birds of Prey debuted this weekend. Uh, it was on track to earn somewhere between fifty and fifty-five million, at least initially. Uh, early reports are saying that it is coming in with roughly thirty-three point three million for the. Saying it's the lowest domestic launch in modern times for a superhero film. I mean, yeah, for a superhero movie, that's kind of low, but at the end of the day, that's not a terrible opening weekend. I mean, is it still going to win the weekend? That I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it doesn't win the weekend, then, then yeah, there's maybe there's some cause for concern, but you know, overall, it's, it's February, it's not really a big movie month. You know, uh, they kind of struck gold with Black Panther a couple years ago, but you can't you can't expect that for every single superhero movie, especially something like Birds of Prey, which, regardless of the fact that you've got Harley Quinn, who is you know one of the biggest stars that DC's had for for uh, for the last few years, but like I don't know, I I'm I'm not that concerned about it. Well, take these also take these numbers into account as well. Uh, Bad Boys for Life is coming in at number two this weekend. It's fourth weekend with twelve million dollars. And nineteen seventeen, um, with the Oscars coming, uh, is roughly making nine million this weekend. So, I mean, Bad Boys fourth weekend, twelve million. Doing. I don't know. See how it all boils out at the end if it makes a decent amount here and or overseas, but um, sticking with you, Matt, uh, there was some Star Wars footage that was released or leaked or whatever recently. There was. Um, so a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, Oh no. I will accept you just saying ding. Ding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, so George Lucas had talked uh, in the past about putting together a live uh, live action Star Wars TV show. Um, It was going to be known as Star Wars Underworld. He had said that it would run for 100-ish episodes with over 50 of them already written before they even started any kind of production. Um, early on, it became super clear to Lucas that it was going to be too expensive, essentially, to produce for TV. Um, but the test footage that they filmed has surfaced online. Uh, it was filmed about nine years ago by Stargate Studios, and it was on their video page, um, and just recently has been removed but then was re-released on YouTube on January 30th. If you watch the the footage, um, the whole clip is 10 minutes long. There's five minutes, which is basically semi-polished work, um, like kind of sort of finished product, not entirely. And then the other five minutes is all behind the scenes stuff. Um, So green screens and all the the graphics haven't been put in, that kind of stuff. so it looks fairly polished, at least in the first five minutes. Um, but they're, and obviously it's not 
like polish to the point where this is what the, the final product would have been. Um, but, you know, it was being in the being Star Wars Underworld, it was supposed to take place um, on the mean streets of Coruscant. Uh, if the, the footage, I watched the whole thing, it's kind of got a very Blade Runner feel to like the, the area of Coruscant that is taking place. But again, they say that the footage that was released was not actually like story footage, but it was uh, what they call proof of concept. So kind of proof you know, that they could do this, and this is basically what it would look like if it was a kind of a finished product. Um, and they say that it was meant to follow a crime family that ruled the lower uh, streets of Coruscant, kind of in a Godfather, Sopranos type of type of thing. So um, it looked kind of interesting, but I don't know, this is one of those things that was long rumored. And even though the footage had been up online, nobody seemed to really know anything about it until like, a couple of weeks ago when. It got taken down and thrown back up on YouTube. Everybody's like, whoa, here's this. So, I don't know if anything will come of that, if they'll end up doing a show, but you know, now we've seen some of that footage of another Star Wars TV series. Which, especially if they take it off of Vimeo and then put it back on YouTube to kind of like spark interest in it again, maybe that there is something to it. But I don't know, like just off of the description, which I, it's not something, I didn't watch the, the clip or anything like that, but like, I don't know. I don't think that we need that kind of story. But I know that there is a, a huge, wide, vast universe in the Star Wars that we haven't even looked at. But I just, I don't know. It kind of just feels like it's the same thing that we see lots of times, like with Sopranos, but with the Stormtrooper helmet on, you know? Well, that was kind of the weird thing watching the footage, was that it felt like I was watching Blade Runner, but with Stormtroopers because it was very neon, very much like that aesthetic. But again, stormtroopers. It just kind of, it didn't seem to fit. So, uh, moving on, Lydia, uh, what happened with the Lion King? So, um, apparently, uh, Emerson Elementary School in Berkeley, I'm assuming California, uh, you, they screened the new live-action Lion King for a like parents' night out fundraiser event on November fifteenth, and then they received a two hundred and fifty dollars fine for illegally screening the film from Disney. The fundraiser only made eight hundred dollars, so that's a pretty big chunk out of what they made just because that they played the movie without whatever. Permits, I guess you have to have to screen a movie even if you own the DVD, blah, blah, blah. Just like this past week or so, however, uh, Bob Iger, who is Disney CEO, tweeted out that our company, Walt Disney Company, apologizes to Emerson Elementary School PTA. I will personally donate to their fundraising initiative. So he's kind of trying to make things right with this, like, hey, they're trying to raise money. We just took out most of what they made because of this fine for them playing a movie. So, at least they're trying to make it right, but it's like, it's a DVD that they paid money to buy. Yeah, and, you know, not to be that guy, but I'm on Disney's side on this one. There are these rules in place for a reason. I know that I know that this happens all over the place. I know it happened when I was in school plenty of times where we would bring in a DVD and watch it as part of the class or whatever. And we were breaking the law then. You know, this happens. It happens all the time. I understand that. Um, so I understand Disney's side of it. I will say that the real villain in this story is the person who ratted out the PTA or whatever to Disney way to be a jerk. Yeah, I, I, I can't really add to that, but yeah, the copyright laws are very basic. All your DVDs are purchased for private and home use only. Private use, specifically. So if you're opening up to the public, and especially if it's a fundraiser, that actually treads on even more dangerous waters. So $250, honestly, for a Disney film, it's not a bad situation. See, my question is, though, did they just have it on in the background, or were they using it as the fundraiser? Because if they just had it on in the background while they were doing other things to raise the money, then... Yeah. I don't. 
so that would still be considered public because uh, it's a public event. So that that still would apply. And I don't know. I don't know if it would be the the main reason, but I'm sure that yeah, that was part of it. Like, oh hey, you know, like pay ten bucks or whatever. We're gonna be having Lion King, probably doing some other things. But you know, I don't think that it was just like just on in the background while they're making lion masks or something like that. Like, I'm sure that there were people actually sitting down watching the movie. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, but I will say though, like, props to Bob Iger for kind of stepping up and be like, hey, yeah, we were right, but it's kind of a jerk move on our end, so here you go, have some money, <laughs> cool. So, uh, got some news from Oni Press uh, over the week. So, uh, uh, Katie O'Neill, who has written the first two uh, Tea Dragon Society books, has announced a uh, the final installment. It's the uh, Tea Dragon Tapestry. It's going to be coming out in September of this year. Uh, and I know that we reviewed the second book in this series. And the thing with this series is that it is still like um, it's open to new readers. You know, so like if you you know haven't read the first two. This will be, you know, this will be fine to just jump in on this. So I know, I know, I personally didn't get a chance to read. I think you did though, Tabitha, right? So. No, I really enjoyed this. I've read both of the books in the series so far, and I'm really excited about this. I think the art is just stunning, and all of her messages are always really good. So I'm really looking forward to this. Awesome. Um, they Only Press did also announce uh, Agretsuko number one uh, sold out. Uh, at the uh, publisher level. Uh, it, now the story with this, it reunites uh, Daniel Bar Barnes and DJ Kirkland, who are the uh, creative team behind The Black Mage. Uh, this is based off of a Netflix show that's in production for season three. And it follows the story of Retsuko, who is a red panda, who is a young office worker stuck in a thankless job, whose only stress release is seeing heavy metal at, a, at the local karaoke joint. I need to find this on Netflix and binge it probably on the way home. This sounds phenomenal. I keep seeing it pop up and I want to watch it because it looks absolutely adorable. So, um, also from Oni Press, they announced a few uh, a few more uh, graphic novels coming out later this year. Uh, the first one I'm super excited about because it's from the team that brought you This Is A Taco. Yes! And the sequel, This Is A Whoopsie. Uh, comes, this is a flying rat. Uh, it follows a jetpack wearing graffiti painting rat uh, that starts zooming around and claiming pigeons and flying rats are the same thing. But he'll have to take a series of tests to prove that he's got what it takes to actually be a pigeon and not just a flying rat. I'm so excited, guys. Yeah, I, I need to read this book immediately. Uh, also coming out, uh, that's going to be coming out in September. Um, also in September of this year is Wizard and the Potion of Dreams. It follows a garden-tending wizard um, who is dragged into the adventuring life by a small warrior princess, and they seek to uh, they seek the ingredients of a wish-granting potion. So, uh, also uh, coming out in October of this year is Frankie and the Creepy Cute Critters, and it follows Frankie Fairy who loves to learn about creepy crawly critters in her backyard. But she goes uh, gets to a new school, she's excited to learn even more about them, but she learns that the other fairy kids in class think that she's the creepy one. Which I feel that in my soul. <laughs> so, like I said, that'll be coming out in October. We did get a chance to read a couple of books from Oni Press. Uh, the first one is Small Hours, a Mrs. Frolian collection. Is that how you pronounce that? Frolian. Frolian. Okay. Um, this will come out uh, February 19th. This is a series of web comics, um, just following uh, Mrs. Frolian and her husband. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, just in their daily lives, and I think we all said this at one point or another while reading these, we felt personally attacked. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pickett, we're going to start with you. What do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I did, but it was totally fine. Um, this was a really fun read, um, and I think what made it so fun is that we could relate so much to it, 
Um, you know, just looking at like some of these things, I'm like, that is definitely me and my wife. Right? I, I, I even told her about one of them. This is, this is us. She's like, that is definitely us. Like, yeah, it's a thing. So uh, it was a lot of fun. It was super easy to read, um, and I needed that today. <laughs> so, but yeah, I loved it. It was great. Matt, what'd you think? This was fantastic. It, it was. It was an easy read. Um, obviously, as a, as a web comic, it's going to be short. It's going to be concise. Um, and yeah, I mean, we definitely had moments where we all felt, the, I guess, attacked or like, like oh, uh, that, that feels like something I've seen or done on a regular basis. But uh, it was just fantastic. It was nice. It was lighthearted. Definitely, what about you? Yeah, this was seriously the best thing I think we've ever gotten to review. <laughs> like, I've now read it basically twice because I read it by myself and then I watched Matt read it because I was like, look, look, I told you, I told you, I told you. <laughs> like, it's like I wrote this, it's very uncomfortable. They even got my dog in it, I don't know what's going on. But, you know, this was, this was a, just amazing and I want so much more. Yeah, agreed. Like, there was one about tattoos and one about Harry Potter. I'm like, that is just my life. Like, how, how do you know this about me? But, and then you got to like, see me showing you different ones, so you have to see some of it like three times. But this is absolutely adorable, and I love it. And I think that that speaks to um, Valerie Minnelli, who is the writer and artist for this, um, because at the end of the day, we are five different people, and the fact that we each found something so relatable in this book to us, like, that speaks volumes for her, you know, creativeness to be able to be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to appeal to literally as many people as possible. <laughs> so that'll be out uh, later this month. Coming out February 12th is the collected edition of At the End of Your Tether. Uh, we got to read the first issue of this um, a few months ago, yeah. and so this is it's a three issue uh, series. It tells the story of Ludo and um, Arlo who meet on a military base with military families and you move around all the time anyway. And then uh, Ludo comes back to that base, tries to find her, finds out that she's missing. And there's a huge search to find her. Uh, I remember really liking the first issue of this and being bummed that we didn't finish it. So I was so happy to finish it. Uh, it, was a, it was a fantastic story. I'm not gonna spoil really anything, but there's, it takes you on a different journey than I thought I was going to go on, but once I got there, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm digging this. Um, but yeah, what, what did you guys think? This is another one I don't think I read when you guys read it. I think I was super busy when it came out, but like from the start, I was hooked in and I, like you said, I didn't know where that twist was going, but I was okay with where it went. And it's definitely got some very heartfelt things in there that, like, really made you kind of think. Oh, yeah, and, like, I, you guys know me, I'm not super emotional, but, like, I kind of felt it. Like, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, man, it, I, I, I was glad that I was reading it in front of all you people. Like, if I was just reading it in my room, like, I might have started welling up or whatever, but, like, I, I was able to, I was able to keep composure. <laughs> I think I missed something. And you guys all know I struggle with like alternate timelines and time travel stories because I can't I can't unlogic my brain to understand them because my brain's going that's not how I'm going to sports. I'm really sorry, um, and it's just not allowing me to enjoy myself. Um, I did love the idea of like the parallel lives of these two people and like knowing that someplace in time they wound up together. That was really cool and like that was really like emotional and well done. And the foreword of this graphic novel was maybe one of the most beautiful forewords I've ever yes, read. Yes, and I made meant to point that yes. out. Keep going. Like if this guy like just wants to write forewords for all the books and all the land, like I'll get him. Um, but I just I did not I didn't connect with this and I kept thinking I was missing something and I kept having to go back and read things. And I think this was a really, really well planned story, but I don't know that it was well executed. Yeah. And just to touch on that forward just for another second, like I'm the type of person, and you might think that I'm an awful human being, I usually skip the forwards. Same. You're fired. You're both fired. Get off the stage. <laughs> Goodbye. It's been nice. Mitchell, you're still sitting. <laughs> I'm coming. Hey, Tabitha, just so you know, that means you're running everything. Perfect. I can do it. Okay. It's, it's Tabitha. She, uh, she wants to run everything. This, this isn't me we're talking about. Like, she can actually do this. You're right. You're right. This but, is a dictatorship. <laughs> dictatorship. Oh, a dictatorship. <laughs> 
That's what I heard, Sandra. My problem was is I was hearing that line in Bring It On where she's like, this is not a bureaucracy, this is a dictatorship. <laughs> you, you've watched that video too many times, right? Of the cheerleader fight? <laughs> um, but no, but like for whatever reason, I started reading that forward, and I was like, "Oh man, this is this is beautiful." But yeah, anyway. So Matt, what did you think? Yeah, I'm like happy with the fact that I always read the forward. Like, there's usually additional information that helps you have a better sense of the story. Um, and it was it was a fantastic uh, introduction to the whole story. Um, I loved the sci-fi twist of the, if you want to call it, the, you know, the quantum realms and the you know the, the multiple universes. Um, I think my biggest catch to this was the was the time flips where you're going back and forth to when they were like living as friends close together and then the current like timeline. I don't know if that was maybe because not a whole lot of time had passed so that physically the characters looked very much the same. There wasn't a whole lot of different differentiation there. Um, Most of the time it did say then and now over the left corner, so that helped. Oh, I, mean, I might have missed that. You may have to read the forward in the prologue, but you can't read the actual panels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I'm not perfect. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but at the end of the tether is, like I said, it's going to be out uh, February 12th. Uh, we got a special uh, gut reaction edition. Uh, we compiled some of the uh, hits from the Super Bowl commercials. Uh, we're going to start with. Uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog commercial that actually showed during the pregame, and I think we'll start with you on this one. Um, you know, I, I actually, uh, I rather enjoyed it. It gave me an interesting look, uh, so I'm gonna go a thumbs up. I love the inclusion of like professional athletes. Yes. Be like, oh yeah, like, you know, like, oh, I envy his spins or whatever. I was like, oh God, this is hilarious. And so, so cheesy, and thumbs up. I am weirdly excited for this movie. Matt. <laughs> I enjoyed with the uh, professional athletes. They get to the end of their little clip at the beginning, and they're like, "What is this for? For who? What?" And then you turn the camera turns around, and it's Sonic. It's like, I don't really even know what's going on. Uh, that sounds right. <laughs> I am uh, oddly, like, kind of excited for what this movie's gonna be. So thumbs up. Tampa. Yeah, I'm not excited for this movie. It creeps me out really bad. Um, but I did, like, I did like this commercial. Uh, I really liked the inclusion of the like the uh, athletes in the beginning, like. I didn't know where it was going at first. I'm like, is this still a commercial? Like, is this still like a commercial to the commercial? Like, what's happening? And I was like, oh, it's not like I forgot. So, thumbs, I'm sorry guys, thumbs down. This just creeps me out. Lydia. I love the inclusion of so many different athletes, yes. although I am like really sad that they picked Kyle Busch to be the NASCAR driver that they picked for this, but I digress. <laughs> but I agree, like, I am more excited about this movie than I have been. Thumbs up. Uh, next up was Lock and Key, and that actually has debuted on Netflix already. Uh, this was the biggest look that I've seen of Lock and Key, and granted, like this is going to be one of those things where I'm going to put it on my list, and it's going to be, I'll see it probably in 2024. But uh, this commercial was thumbs up. I'm pretty excited about it. Matt. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> oh, same time. <laughs> Tell us that. Um, I actually read most of Lock and Key in preparation for this release. Um, it is definitely the biggest look plot-wise of everything that we've seen so far. It did release on Friday. I'm super excited to get started on this. Um, I'm intrigued to see what they do with this though because I've already noticed some things in that look uh, for the Super Bowl that are different than the graphic novel. And part of that is because I've just read it. Um, but I'm intrigued to see how that all plays through. Um, and I know it's not an exact Interpretation that's you know based on, uh, but still I'm super excited for this. So thumbs up. Ten. Um yeah, I've been excited for this since we knew it was going to release. I read Lock and Key a couple years ago and got through it all pretty quickly. Um, I meant to do a reread before the show came out, but I'm here with you guys instead. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. Um, this preview scares me. Uh, they've changed some of the things that I love most about the graphic novels and have taken them on a teeny bopper between AMC family or ABC family, if that thing still exists, um, or Freeform or whatever it is now. Um, it kind of looks like this belongs there, and that makes me super nervous. So I'm still excited to see this, but if I get through that first episode and I feel like I'm watching Pretty Little Liars, I'm going to be upset. 
So thumbs sideways. Lydia. See, I have a red locking key, so this was my first like look at anything about this, but it looks intriguing. And based off of what you guys have said, like, I want to see if they do it justice in your eyes. Plus, my phone keeps like popping up like, hey, want to know what to watch? Locking key is available now. Like, So it keeps bugging me about it. So I guess I'm just going to have to watch it and find out. So thumbs up. Hey.
kind of echoing what Lydia said, seeing this makes me really want to watch the first one and then make up for my sins and see this one in the theater, so thumbs up. Matt. Um, I, too, have not seen the first one, and actually the preview it upsets me a little bit, because one, I didn't know there was a prequel, essentially, until Craig just said that, and now, seeing, like, thinking about the trailer, it makes sense, but having not seen the first one, between the trailer and that knowledge, basically spoils the first movie, yep. so why do I even want to watch the first one anymore, which upsets me, like, that's not what a sequel should do for a movie, so I'm going to go thumbs down just for the trailer. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you. If you haven't seen the first movie, this this trailer completely spoils it. Like they could have done this in a much better way to still like give you the idea of what they were trying to go with, like across without spoiling the first one. I have seen the first one. I am alone in my principles in like the whole world here, but I did not like this movie. Like when the best part of a movie is you actually like wanting people to die just so something will happen, we have a problem. <laughs> like I almost fell asleep in the theater. Sounds like me reading Bird Box. Like, I almost fell asleep. Like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, guys, it's so quiet. Like, I think that it's as quiet as I get it. But, like, <laughs> nothing has been happening. And all they're doing is going, <laughs> like, I'm not in a library. I'm in a movie theater. I need something to happen. Like, there's not enough death here. So, <laughs> maybe there's more death in this one and there's definitely more sound. So, I don't, also, it's not quiet anymore. I, I don't know, whatever. Thumbs somewhere. The not quiet place. <laughs> the quiet-ish place. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to uh, this Walmart commercial. It just, it was interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of weird feelings about this. You know what? I'm gonna give it a thumbs down. I, I just, I, the whole thing just didn't sit quite. <laughs> too, too many things uh, sold out, in my opinion, on this ad. You had so many different properties getting stuff at Walmart. Bill and or Ted, I don't, was it? No, it was Bill. Bill. Okay. Bill, Bill, Bill. Okay, I couldn't, okay, so. They couldn't afford Keanu for the commercial. Full disclosure, <laughs> I've never seen Bill and Ted, so I didn't know which was which. He says Bill. Okay. Half Bill, future Bill. So okay. That's why there's two Bills. Anyway. Oh my God. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, I was not a fan of this commercial. Thumbs down. Matt. See, I actually enjoyed this commercial because I feel like it was Ready Player One, but done well. <laughs> like, hey, here's all your pop culture references, and they kind of make sense. So I'm actually going to give this commercial a thumbs up. Yeah. Walmart finally did what Ernest Klein tried to do. Uh, <laughs> no, I liked this. Like, I really, I thought this was fun. Like, I mean, yeah, it was a lot of, like, pop culture references that appeared to have, like, now sold out or whatever. But still, like, it was, like, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, yes. Like, it was, like, nostalgic to watch all these things happen, and I was like, there are people in this world that aren't going to catch any of these references, and I feel elite right now. Like, I'm a little bit of an elitist, but I'm like, I feel very special that I count all of those references when some people who Walmart appeals to are probably sitting at home going, what? Like, <laughs> I like that. Lydia. I agree with you. Like, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I'm sure there's some people somewhere going, why is there a dog in a suit talking? <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I love this. It was cute, and, like, the different references were phenomenal and honestly now that I've actually seen Star Wars the best part to me was watching R2 and 3PO at the very end going yes I know we're lost okay <laughs> so thumbs up uh, we've got another Black Widow uh, spot I'm ready for this movie uh, I'm giving this a thumbs up uh, I'm pretty much at the point now where it's like I've got my own theories about it. I want to see if I'm right. I don't want any more information until I see this movie. But yeah, thumbs up, Matt. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same vein. Um, I'm definitely ready for this movie, and I'm also at the point where, all right, we've gotten enough information where now I want to leave the rest of it. Like, I, I want it to be that closed box so that when we get to the theater, that there are still some surprises, like, you know, with Avengers, you know, stuff like that. So thumbs up. Yeah. Microphone thing's confusing you guys. Um, I'm with you guys. I don't want to know any more information. And if they keep giving me information, like I, 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 at this point, like I didn't even watch this. Like I've closed my eyes. I've turned it off. I've walked away because I'm worried I'm gonna catch something and it's gonna spoil it. Because Marvel tends to do that Easter egg thing, even in their trailers and their posters. 
And if I'm looking, even if I'm not looking super hard, I'm worried I'm going to come across it. So thumbs up for the movie, but thumbs down. But give me information. Lydia. I'm so far behind on everything Marvel. It's not even funny, but this makes me like want to sit down and go back and catch up so that I can maybe catch the things that you're talking about. Because I'm, like, I'm sure all, at this point, all of those things are just going to go over my head because I have no idea what's going on. But I am so excited for this movie. Thumbs up. Um, yeah, I am also fairly excited for this. Um, I'm also agreeing with all of you. I don't need any more. Just the movie. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Matt, let's talk about that rocket mortgage commercial. I only have one thing to say about this. I am uncomfortable with yeah. this commercial. Thumbs down. Dad, but... Guys, I love Jason Momoa. Like, I feel like this was his idea. I feel like Rocket, I feel like Rocket Mortgage was like, what do you want to do? You want to be in a commercial? He's like, yeah. Only if I can turn into a puny guy who can't lift anything and have a, like no hair. And he's like, okay, with you guys. And they were like, sure, you're Jason Momoa. You can do what you want. And like he was like, okay. And like he did the whole thing. Like that's just the vibe I got from this commercial. Like just it feels like something he would do just to make fun of himself. I love that. Thumbs up. Lydia. And he seems so pleased with himself too. I actually did see this one during the Super Bowl, and it was hilarious watching because there was like four women in the room, and all of us were like, oh, Jason Momoa. Oh. Oh. No, stop. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so, like, I agree with you. Like, I feel like he had fun with this. I feel like this was his idea, and for that reason, thumbs up. Well done. Thank you. I'm pretty sure the only person who had fun with this was Jason Momoa. And also gave us a thumbs down. I felt weird and uncomfortable during it, but I thought it was hilarious. Thumbs up. Uh, Tabitha, let's talk about Rick and Morty. Um, so actually, this is one of the ones I actually did catch during the Super Bowl somehow, some way. Um, I'm just really upset we don't have Rick and Morty's pickle rolls. I, I try. I, I know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm always ready for more Rick and Morty, so I'm always going to give this a thumbs up. Lydia. Agreed. I did catch this one during the Super Bowl also. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, more Rick and Morty. I really want those pickle chips now. Thumbs up. Uh, yeah, I um, I did not know what it actually was when I started watching it, and so I started watching it. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. But okay, it's kind of a cr no, it's just that. It's just a Pringles. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. I tried to watch it live, but everybody else was talking, and so like I had to. I finally watched it again today. But yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Thumbs up, Matt. So despite being late to the party for Rick and Morty, uh, I'm ready for. I'm not sure I'm ready to try these pickle chips, but I'm definitely ready for Rick and Morty. So thumbs up. All right, so we're on Lydia. Now? I guess. Yes, uh, Minions Two. I know everyone like craps on the single me and minions and they hate them and blah blah blah. I'll be, yeah, this one right here. <laughs> I will admit, I kind of have a soft spot for minions. I'm not sure we need this movie, but Baby Brew is adorable. <laughs> thumbs sideways. Pick it. Um, I'm not even a thumbs up. First of all, I love all of these movies. The Minions and, 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 and Despicable Me. The only, the only issue I have with it is at what point do we go from being Minions 2 to being like, you know, a prequel to just Despicable Me? Right. Despicable Me, like, point oh, I don't know. Uh, 095, I don't know. But uh, at what point do we, do we make that transition? Because we're focusing on the Minions. The last movie, the first movie, was wonderful. Wonderfully done, it definitely focused on them. But now we're bringing Gru into it, which came in at the end of the last one. So is this gonna be Gru-centered, or is it gonna be Minion-centered? And that's my question. So I'm not sure, but thumbs sideways, two up. Uh, I have the answer to Lydia's question as to whether or not we need this movie, and the answer is no. Thumbs down, Matt. <laughs> I don't know. I love all of these movies. I think they're fun. They're hilarious. I, you know, regardless of whether it's Despicable Me or whether it's Minions, I mean, I'm in for this, so thumbs up. <laughs> Tabitha, be my saving grace. This is one of the only times that you and I agree on anything, and I think it's funny that it's about Minions. I can't tell you if I'm like still bitter because I waited two hours for the Minions right at Universal and it was the worst thing I've ever experienced, or if it's because the way the Minions speak is very bad for your children, don't let them watch it. I'll get off my soapbox now. Thumbs down. Stop watching your- stop- stop with the Minions. <laughs> 
the last one that we're gonna do um, is Pickett and the uh, the Disney Plus uh, Marvel commercial. This commercial was the coolest, like in terms of like like pop culture stuff. This was my favorite uh, out of all of them. Um, we haven't really gotten anything uh, from from Disney about any of these shows that are coming out uh, for Marvel, and we got it. And I cannot be more excited. It's, it's little, very little bits, but it was enough for me to be super excited about all of them. I was excited about all of them when they announced it, but of these, after seeing this, I think the one that I'm most excited about is WandaVision. Yes. Uh, but yeah, thumbs up, give them all to me right now, Matt. Yeah, uh, we've all been excited for these. These look fantastic. Um, it's just enough information in these to like, whet your appetite and get you even more like, ready for this, so thumbs up. Ted. Loki, thumbs up. <laughs> Lydia. For what she said, Loki, give me Tom Hiddleston, thumbs up. <laughs> so <laughs> She gets it. <laughs> <laughs> so we got time for just a couple more stories. Uh, Tabitha, we haven't had the Lin-Manuel Miranda news desk in a while, so let's break that out. Ah, oh, I don't know my notes are out of the hole, please. Okay, so Lynn will be, wait, do you want both stories? Because I have two Lynn stories, or do you want the big story? What's the big story? Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking about Neptune Frost. Okay. But, oh, that was really loud. But <laughs> real quick, what is the Hamilton news? Uh, we are getting a pre-recorded uh, original cast recording from the Richard Rogers Theater of Hamilton being released on October 15th of 2021. I will be buying the EMC pass because I will be in that theater every night for at least two weeks. So sorry. Um, Take me with you. Yes, obviously. Are you just going to live there? or? Yeah, I'm just going to get off work, go to the theater, have my dinner there, go home. That's just going to be my routine. Um, I, I'm just... I'm stoked. Like I, I mean, we knew it was coming. It was just a matter of how it was coming. If it was going to get a digital release or a theatrical release. Um, part of me kind of thought it was going to be a digital release that you were going to have to pay for because Lynn and charities and all that stuff. Like that's kind of what I thought he was going to do, but it's not. Um, I'm, I screamed when I found this out. Like literally screamed. Um, but Lynn will also be executive producing Neptune Frost which is a sci-fi musical that follows an intersex African hacker. A, uh, Holdenmeyer and the virtual Marvel born as a result of their union. Ezra Miller and Stephen Hendel will also be producing with Saul Williams writing and directing. This sounds very strange, very different. I've never heard of this before. It's been floating around the internet, but definitely I was like not one of the people it floated to. We have no release date, no casting news, but it's Lynn, so I'm super excited to see what happens. Yeah, and this is, you know, and if you, if you watch or pay attention to the show uh, last, I don't know, forever, I feel like every other week we always talk about how we want something new and original, and that is what this is, and I am super excited for it. Um, they announced, I don't have a lot of information on it, but there is, coming out in May, there is a weekly comic book series coming out that's going to mash up Transformers and My Little Pony. But why, though? Why not? You know, here's the thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Not a huge Transformers fan. Definitely not. I'm, I'm not a brony in any way, shape, or form. What surprises me? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to pick this up. This is such an absurd crossover. I think I have to have it in my life. Uh, basically, it's um, the, uh, the Autobots and the Decepticons somehow get to Equestria, which if you're like me and don't know what that is, that's where the ponies live. Um, and then with the help of Twilight Sparkle, um, they are going to team up with Optimus Prime and yeah, take down the, uh, take down, down the Decepticons. I really, I, I don't know why I'm kind of excited for this, but I'm kind of excited for this. Matt, you look like you've got some thoughts. I'm so confused. Like, <laughs> okay, so I, those are just two, like, okay. I know that there's been a lot of, especially IDW in the last couple of years, has done a lot of mashups. They've done, what, Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they've done... Uh, Power what, Rangers Power, Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Right, and they did a Ghostbusters one with uh, Ghostbusters and Turtles. Um, Lots of Turtles. Well, I mean, right, but... They like Turtles. But Transformers and My Little Pony... I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Those are my thoughts. I'm not gonna lie, I'm with Mitch on this one though. It's just wonky enough, I kinda wanna read it. Yeah. I don't know that I'll get 
all the issues because there'd be like four issues. But I'm probably going to at least pick up the first one and see where it goes from there. It's weird. I, whatever. Um, the last <laughs> thing that we're going to talk about because we are running a little bit low on time. Um, Pickett. Uh, and unfortunately, we can't do this here in the states, but we can go to Canada and talk to the Colonel. That's correct. Uh, KFC Canada has announced a new Amazon Alexa skill that allows customers to place orders using their voice and an Alexa-enabled device. Um, but that's not all you'll be taking. Uh, you'll you'll be taking talking. Can I talk? <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to my, my life. Apparently, none of us can talk. <laughs> Makes her a really fun podcast. <laughs> but that's not all. You'll actually be talking to none other than the Colonel himself. KFC is using uh, artificial, the artificial intelligence service Amazon Polly to create an iconic, the iconic, to recreate the iconic voice of KFC founder uh, uh, Colonel Harlan Harlan Sanders. I cannot, guys. I am day two. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. Um, so uh, in 2017, they actually released, uh, also in Canada, uh, a, a skill called um, Chicken Talk, uh, which lets Alexa fans, <laughs> it, it lets, you all right over there? Nope. <laughs> it lets Alexa feed fans, I wrote this all down thinking this was going to be easy to just read, I was very wrong. <laughs> uh, jokes, uh, chicken jokes, poultry pickup lines, random chicken thoughts, and even uh, Colonel Sandals. Colonel Sandals. <laughs> like, are you trying to pick up the poultry, or is the poultry trying to pick up you, or are you trying to use, like, hollow girls chickens, because it's not After right I make my next trip to Canada, I'll let you know. Okay, um, I mean, or they could just be saying, hey, babe, come with me, I'll buy you chicken. That would be my work. I mean, that probably work on me. <laughs> just don't kill me, just don't kill me, KFC, please. Um, there is no word on uh, when this feature will be available in North America. Um, all KFC had to say was, we think KFC customers will agree. The colonel never sounded so finger looking good. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, there, there are a lot of things to unpack with this one, and um, I just, just the fact that like they're recreating Colonel Sanders' voice creeps me out on multiple levels because you're starting with this. How, how long until they're re Amazon's recreating our voices? I mean, I think we're gonna have to start with the chicken franchise first and then die. So it's gonna be. <laughs> I mean, no, we could, we could probably make some pretty good chicken. What, uh, what, would, we, what would we call ourselves? Yeah. I don't know. That's... Good geek themed chicken restaurant? Yeah. No. no. This is why we can't do it. Yeah. We can't even come up with a Wiggins original recipe? See, if it was a pork thing, it should be made of pork be with you. But... Oh, yeah. Made the. No. See, it no. doesn't work. Doesn't yeah. Work. I don't know. I feel like. I feel like the word cluck should be in there. <laughs> I was just thinking that. But. Revenge of the chicks. Ooh, there we go. Ooh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I like that. All right. So, um, so no show next week as we prepare our chicken recipes. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, but seriously though, like I don't know. Like the last thing I want to do when I'm ordering KFC, like I don't, I don't need for the colonel to talk back to me. And I feel like he kind of gets sassy too. Like, really, you're getting chicken again? <laughs> Being judged by the colonel? That's the best. Actually. No, it's not. I mean, when he's asking your original Archer Crispy, he's not talking about your attitude. Oh! Oh, wow. I feel attacked. Um, not related to Colonel Sanders, before we do anything else or we end the show, I wanted to make mention that somebody showed up late to the show today. <laughs> He 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 he's a busy guy. I mean, to be fair, we had a power outage, and I'd like to think that Patrick, like by himself, fixed that for us. So, 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 so listen, I was I was preemptively trying to set us up for a shame there, but you guys totally ruined that. So well, I also don't have my belt. <laughs> what? Well, Stop earlier. I have it. How it's dare you? I get this once a year. Okay, it's at the table, and I will get your shame. <laughs> Especially for somebody who's been like complaining about his back issues all week. Let's take him over the team here. Yeah. yeah. Like if you. If he doesn't come back in what, like 30 seconds? Yeah. yeah. Well, he knows after him. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he's just gonna bring the entire table over. 
<laughs> but yeah, it, especially like, well, I mean, everybody missed it this morning because we got here super early. This is a thing where like we're always super late for everything, and we've been early like all weekend. Um, but thank it, you. Thank <laughs> you. But um, so yeah, a lot of people missed Tabitha like popping pickets back earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. everybody. Not everybody, but some people. Well. Uh, you know, he's either going to complain or I'm going to pop his back, and I'd rather not listen to him complain. I mean, he has no idea where he's yeah. going. No, he got, he, there's no way. There's no he's way. never going to find it. Pickett never comes back. Yeah. We will. <laughs> this is how we lose him. <laughs> you will get your shame. You will. I yeah. promise. I will find my belt. I will shame yeah. you. I appreciate it. We will, we will go live. Just go. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, okay. It's in my hobbit bag. We will go live, and oh, you will get your shame. But oh, he's back again. Does he hear one now? No. Yes. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I mean, I say, I think like, if he out even has one, he should get, like, one taken off, but I don't think he has one yet, does he? Oh, yeah, he has two. Oh. Right. Also, how did Matt not have any shames until today? Matt didn't have any shames? No, I feel like that's wrong. Yeah, um, that can't be right. I wrecked up a couple at the end of the year. Yeah, at the end of the year. Well, that was last year. I know. Yeah. So, that'll do it for this episode of Equal We're just, we will, we will have this shame discussion off camera. Yeah. yeah. That'll do it for this episode of the Geek Awakens. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to keep up with what's happening throughout the week. And be sure to let us know about any cool things we're missing out on. From all of us at the Geek Awakens, thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the comment. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. This is like this is like our, our very own post credit scene. It is. <laughs> 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 you haven't even told me that. Kill that. <laughs> <laughs>